From the studios of WHUPLP in Hillsboro, North Carolina, this is Dirty White Belt Radio. Innovative, often duplicated When enough people get on the trend I elevate it, make it way harder For them to follow what I take It hard to swallow like a lozenger Lodged in your trachea Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up So just take your stuff Rake it up and take the bus Never fake the funk, you painted skunks You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space So the weight is up Fight. Welcome back to another episode of Dirty White Belt Radio. My name is Jeff Shaw, and I'm really excited to be with you this weekend on Sunday. It's been a great weekend already. There's a ton of great training going on, a ton of tremendous seminars, and a bunch of stuff coming up that I'm really excited to tell you all about, which we'll get to in the news segment. I also have to tell you about our featured interview. We're going to play some interviews with some prominent local folks, one of which you've heard before on the show, but we're also going to have multiple-time world champion Leonardo Noguera from the Alliance team call in. He's won the worlds at black belt level multiple times in both Gi and Nogi. Brazilian national champion, PANS champion. So we're very excited to talk to him about teaching, about training, about competition, what we can see from him in the future, and his history of training in both Brazil and the United States. But first, I need to tell you how to get a hold of us. If you're ever interested in suggesting show topics and telling us what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, you can always email the show at cagesidewhup. That's cagesidewhup at gmail.com. Our Facebook page is Cageside Radio. You can also just search for Dirty White Bell Radio on Facebook. We're on Twitter and Instagram. Our, our Twitter is DWB Radio and our Instagram is at Dirty White Belt. So let's get into it. Let's get into the news. A lot of stuff going on. First of all, well, let's start locally. And uh, one of the most exciting things that happened this past weekend, a couple of really outstanding seminars, one uh, by a legend of the art and one by a top-tier guy who's still competing. A bunch of folks went to Winston-Salem to train with Travis Stevens. Now, uh, if you don't know who Travis Stevens is, I doubt you're listening to this podcast, but judo Olympian, silver medalist, uh, black belt in jiu-jitsu under Henzo Gracie, one of the, you know, maybe maybe the best all-around grappler in the world at this point, uh, taught a seminar in Winston-Salem that was primarily focused on judo. Uh, that was pretty exciting. One goal I have for the the rest of the, of, of the year for the podcast is to get a, a calendar set up so that we, because there are more things happening in North Carolina and beyond than ever. And there's something every weekend now. There's no excuse not to train. There's no excuse not to go out and learn and improve and compete. And it's one of the things that I want to do is get all this stuff on the calendar because I had a bunch of people messaging me like, hey, I want a road trip to Travis Stevens. They knew I always wanted to train with him. And I would have. I would have, but for Joe Morera, another one of my all-time list of to-train-with guys, being in town to teach a seminar at Shellshock BJJ in Fuquay Varina. Which leads me to a couple of elements of exciting news. We're gonna we're gonna play some some interviews uh, with these folks in a second. But uh, so Joe Morera, uh, whose main out academy is in California, you know, and if you don't know who Joe is, uh, you know, l- legend of the art, um, you know, coral belt, uh, fought in the UFC, um, and has uh, given black belts to some of the most prominent black belts around, including Hubao Carioca, who's here in North Carolina. So he came out to do a couple of benefit seminars to help Professor Hubao Carioca in terms of his uh, continued recovery from from stroke. 
And so he taught two nights at John Shell's school in uh, in Fuqua Arena and also presented John, you know, he and Hubal Carioca presented John Shell with his black belt. And so it's a huge achievement for John. I know it's been a great couple of years for him. And so uh, so congratulations to him. That's where I was. Uh, right after the event, I talked to John to get his reaction and talked to Joe Morero. And it's always a pleasure to talk to a legend. But first, let's get John Shell's reaction to receiving his black belt. So, John, uh, how's it feel, man? It's like any other day. Any other day as a black belt, right? <laughs> it's surreal, man. I like so many from uh, so many people from around the jiu-jitsu community. Doesn't matter the affiliation, school, who's your professor, who's not your professor, where you train. Doesn't matter. Everybody came out and showed support, and that's something that I always keep with me for the rest of my life. So it's an it's an incredible feeling. Congratulations, man. Well earned. Hey, Lourdes. Hey. What's your favorite tournament organization in jiu-jitsu? Um, that's an easy one. It would have to be U.S. Grappling. And actually, I love them so much that I'm going to go to their ref training in January. I know that they put on a lot of ref trainings because they're serious about the competitor experience. I've actually gone to two of the ref trainings myself because I wanted to be really sure that I was a decent ref. Yeah, I really like the way that they do the ref training. One, you can go to the ref training and you, you can get your training done. But then they even kind of mentor you at one of the events. And so you um, you get to practice doing your refing during real matches. And um, I really like that. U.S. Grappling is run by grapplers for grapplers. You can compete in the new year. Register early to get a break on price at usgrappling.com. Joe Morera is as old school as it gets and has always been on the top of my list of people to train with. So when we got the opportunity to go to the uh, belt promotion ceremony of Team Hubao Carioca and then next day at the seminar, I was really grateful to get a few minutes with Joe Morera. I asked him about his longtime friendship with Hubao Carioca, about the toughest people that he's trained with, about the keys to a good stack pass, and more. So without further ado, here's a couple of minutes with Joe Morera. You've known Hubao Carioca for a long time. Yeah, he's training training for me in Rio de Janeiro and that time with the, the greatest school there, the Gavia. Mm-hmm. And become my students, friends, family. Mm-hmm. And he's really a re- done a lot of schools for, and taught a ton of students here in the U.S. Yeah, he do a very good job. He come the same way I come, for work with this grace, but doesn't work well. Then he stay a little bit in California. You have an opportunity to come over here and look what he make. Make good job here. So you mentioned during the seminar that uh, this jiu-jitsu is like, your jiu-jitsu team is like a family. Can you explain to us a little bit about why that is and what that means to you? The way we, we have the association. You come from an association and they pay every month is start and that. We, we, we don't have this. We pay one fee for can use the name, we can do this, and, and that's it. All the time you have problem, we're there for you, for the students. Very much what a lot of, lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, different little bit from the, the old, some, some school, some, some structure from, 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 some, from the older ones that teach now. One other person I want to ask you about, another guy who lives here in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, is one of your old students, Mark Bacariza. Uh-huh. And uh, 
Marco started training with you a long time ago. Uh, Marco, I come from United States in 1989 for a walk with this Grace, the same Rubens come. And pff, I don't speak nothing English. And he's, a, he's a Italian too. Então, ele fala um pouco de português, Itália. Ele é o que eu gosto de estar com ele todo o tempo. E ele é o forte, grande cara. Ele é o black belt em todo o arte marcial. E antes dessa escola, você tem alguns programas na escola. Hoje eu vou só desse e isso. Ele não suere. Eu venho do Brasil. Eu toco bola todos os anos. I'm 30 years more young. I'm almost six years old. I'm still training for 30 years before. I want to train all the time. One because he's big, he's strong, and the one is I can I can understand what he say. He's helping me introduce for for the students. Plus, he's helping me for a lot of MMA fight. I'm for UFC 8. I fight. He's the heavy guy. Can have my dojo. We train a lot for 14 too. I have something so funny and the UFC 8. I have Alan Goyes, he's in my in my corner. And four weeks before the fight, Alan Goyes lives with me in my house. I have two two schools. Sometimes I only stay in one school, I'm staying down the school. And this in one time Tank Abbott. Come over from my Newport school. Yalangos sit there, Yami in the old school in Pomona. He come here with more, three more big boys. Yalangos, very skinny guy, but he's a very beautiful Jiu Jitsu. He killed Tank, he killed his friends. And it's okay. Wow. This is normal train, but Yalangos, beautiful Jiu Jitsu. And that day, that day, UFC 8, my fight, one day, bef one day before, Tank up there with his friends, and somebody talk with Tank about the strength, and Tank started making fun with Alan. And people come to me and oh, don't tell this for Alan, because I know Alan, very small temper, going to be one fight, but the guy talk with Alan. Aí, after my fight, he saw Tank, and Tank, ah, let's go train again. Aí, Alan go train again. This time I'll go fight you, say a lot of bad name for him. But he's with his wife, he don't say nothing. And uh, then comes the, the before the old, UF, old UFC, you have a super fight. Mm -hmm. Have Ken Shamarok fight Kimo. E Alan Góes, inside the Altagan, não inside, outside, watch more close, I'm in the upstairs, I saw a tank with eight kids come for can try have a tank with Alan, and I took my kids by my side, you come with me, let's go there. E my kids, before me, there, he's already there, he want to fight a tank, he want to fight everybody, he's, he's the guy here. I say something, you are there. He's my big dog. One last question I want to make sure that I ask. You're teaching a seminar tomorrow, but you're known for your top pressure. And I love to do the stack pass, the old traditional stack pass. What's a detail most people get wrong about the stack pass? What's the secret to doing that really well with a lot of pressure? 
follow the principle. You have rules for can fight from top, from bottom, and for sure for can be in somebody else's legs. Today, change a little bit. I saw you guys great, great condition, very strong, a lot of power, but people started to put away a little bit the principle. The idea is you be tied in your opponent all the time. Make sure you, you can move away. Make sure your opponent before you pass, be flat in the floor. Make sure before you pass, you have control the tie from your opponent's legs, not the below you want. And one time I'm tied. He's under me. I have him three, four bases in underground. In your body, you can't take it off, you can't move. I lost a little bit of my balance. But at the ground, don't move, don't make it easy. I can stay more tight on you. You whatever you do, make it easy for can smash you. This is the, the idea. This I want to show tomorrow a little bit from both ways. For the way, the easier way you can fight. From bottom and from top. I don't care what kind of position you be in the bottom or in the top. If you follow your principle, make it easy you do your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's a real pleasure training with you. I'm looking forward to learning with you. Thank you so much, my friend. See you tomorrow. Toro Cup 9 is back and better than ever, and we have a date. It's April 14th. This local grappling showcase is always the best time around and always benefits great charities and great local causes. This time, the beneficiary is going to be Professor Hubao Karaoke's medical fund as he recovers from a stroke. Let's all get out and support him. That's April 14th at the Toro BJJ Cageside Fight Warehouse, 124 Lotter Road in Durham, North Carolina. You can find more information on our Facebook page or at torocup.com. Our featured interview today is with Leonardo Nogueira. Leo Nogueira is a multiple-time Black Belt World Champion, Pan American Champion, Brazilian National Champion, and many other honors. He called in to talk about his future competition goals, his teaching and training, what it's like to be part of the Alliance team, and tells some great stories about some of the toughest people that he's ever trained with, folks you might even not have heard of. He also gives some great details on how to pass guard and tells us about what we can expect from him in the future. Thanks to Toro BJJ for sponsoring our featured interview with Leo Nogueira. When was the first moment that you knew that you could compete and win at the very highest level of jiu-jitsu? Uh, my first tournament was with four months of training. I got my blue belt very fast with uh, three months of training. So I was like a kid, not adult. I was a juvenile, 15 years old. So when I tried to compete, my first tournament, I placed it in third place. was like a state tournament, mm-hmm. a big tournament. My first tournament was a big tournament. I did good. Mm-hmm. I did good. Mm-hmm. And so w- w- did you know when you started training that you wanted to compete, or did you start training for self-defense reasons? What, what no, got you into jiu-jitsu? No, no, no. I first I started training. My intention was for self-defense only. The competition never passed my mind, you know. The competition come later. The guys, oh man, you good, you good enough to to compete? Why you don't try? Then I, I said, okay, I have nothing to lose. Let me try. 
And so it sounds like you competed really early in your jiu-jitsu career after just a few months. Was it was it fun immediately? Was it all was it something you knew you wanted to do more of or was that first one uh was it not as much fun? Was it hard? Was something that to I did to face my fears, you know, I was like kind of scared to compete, like nervous. Mm-hmm. So that said, man, I got to beat these fears, you know. Let me try. And did the fears ever go away? Uh, not really. Not really. <laughs> who tells who tell you that never get nervous to compete? It's not true. Everybody does. But, of course, we control. We don't let the fear uh, of losing uh, dominate you, you know. Uh, the will to win must be bigger than the fear of losing. That makes perfect sense, and I think a lot of people will be happy to hear that a multiple-time world champion still gets nervous. And so I want to ask you about the first time you won the Mundials, the first time you won the Worlds. How did it feel when you, when you, when you won that first gold medal? Man, it was my, my gold, and I trained really hard. Since I won my first world championship as a blue belt, so I put a goal. I said, well, I could make it here, blue belt. Why not as a black belt, you know? And four years later, I won my my title as a black belt. Mm-hmm. I was training really hard, really hard. I, I quit college just to do jiu-jitsu. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, what were you studying in college? I was studying like a medical school, x-ray, radiologic. And, and you quit all that to do jiu-jitsu? Yes. My daddy was pissed, but my mom supports me. <laughs> it's good to have mom's support. So over the course of your career, you've beaten some really big names. You've beaten Keenan Cornelius and Shanji Hibero and Muhammad Ali, Luis Panza, and more. I'm wondering, what do you consider your biggest win? What's, what's your, the thing you're proudest of most? What's, what's the win you're most proud of? Shanji Hibero was like my biggest accomplished, I think, in my career because he was the most accomplished guy at the time. Two-time champion. He won pretty much every tournament in the world. Yeah, one of the best ever. So you mentioned you train really hard, and you're part of the Alliance team. What What's it like being part of Alliance? And be part of the Alliance in my position, teach at Alliance headquarters in the United States is like it's a big responsibility, you know. It's my dream. My dream becomes true. Because when we were in Brazil, we said, man, training with Master Jacaré would be great, you know. He made so many good black belts. And, and then I'm here teaching for him, you know, with him. What's the most important thing you've learned from Master Jacaré? Oh, every day I take advice for him, how to teach, how to talk with people, adjust some techniques, you know. Jacare is a very good master and mentor, you know. I'm not surprised that his team is, like, so successful because he's, he's a great person. What about Fabio Jurgel? I believe you've got your black belt from Fabio Jurgel. What, what, what What's it like training with him? Fabio Gurgel, the training over there was like an army. The training 
was a tournament every day. Every day you got to kill like a lion over there to survive, you know? That's why everybody that train over there, it's so tough. Because the train over there, it's a competition. I tell the guys, one train over there is like five trainings in a regular, regular good school, you know? Wow. You have yeah, Alliance has produced so many amazing black belts that I imagine the training partners that you have there must all be incredibly tough guys. Yeah, the the train over there was like crazy. You know, my rest, you know, between rounds, mm-hmm. I was rolling with like a brown belt world champion. <laughs> that was the rest. The easiest guy on the mat was a top brown belt guy. Imagine that. <laughs> That's amazing. In all those rooms, who are the toughest guys you've yeah. trained with? Like, who who do you look back and say, that guy was a really tough training partner? Man, my toughest training ever was this guy called Antonio Peinado, Batista, mm-hmm. and Bernardo Faria. Those guys, they my best training. Mm-hmm. Bernardo, of course, a and very accomplished a black belt world champion. Mm-hmm. That, that he don't compete a lot, but he's better than black belt world champion, Fabio Romão. This guy, passing the guard, is one of the best I've ever seen. It's incredible. You hear so much about these outstanding Brazilian guys who don't compete very much, but in the gym they're just amazing. And it sounds like he's one of those guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, Alliance, we have a lot of guys like that. You know, they like to train, they don't like to compete. And sometimes... Some of those guys, they they better than so many world champions, you know. You've also, like, so you compete at Super Heavy, but an Alliance black belt that's one of the best ever is Bruno Malfacini. Have you gotten to train with Bruno much? Oh, yeah. Bruno is one of the few uh, lightweight guys that don't run and train with the heavyweight guys. Because I know a lot of lightweight guys, they don't like to to train with the heavy guys, but, but Bruno, Bruno train with anyone, anytime. If you call him, he's going to train with you, and he's training hard. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's one of the guys that always comes up with the best sport jiu-jitsu competitor ever. And I'm wondering, who do you, who do you think is the best sport competitor ever in, in your mind? The best competitor ever for the history, for the results, yeah, I think so. You guys, if I name one, it's not fair, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, Roger Gracie is one of the most accomplished fighters, and Marcos Almeida Buchecha, you know, he's, he have the, he holds uh, the four times the absolute uh, champion. Nobody, nobody did that, not even Roger, you know? Yeah, I don't think anybody would argue with either of those two guys. And Bouchesha, of course, is still competing. And so who knows what he's going to do over the course of his career. Yes. So you mentioned teaching and teaching at Alliance headquarters. Your jiu-jitsu is very well-rounded, but you're, all, you're also known for your guard passing. And, you know, the, what we sometimes call the Sao Paulo style of passing. What are some of the most important things that people should remember about good guard passing? Keep the grips. You know, people gotta keep the grips. That's a good thing. Uh, good advice. Don't lose grips to pass the guard. You know, sometimes people thinking in moving, 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 thinking about pressure. Pressure is about consistency. It's not like you put a guy in a crazy pressure and let go. 
you know? So consistent and grit, that's the secret to pass the bar. Yeah, consistency is something I think a lot of people miss because a lot of the passing these days is people move around a lot and maybe let the guy reset more than, than they should, but but pressure is always going to keep the guy down. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All, all the modern jiu-jitsu, so the guys, like, they do a lot of transitions because they're not aiming. Uh, the goal is not passing the guard. They want to take the back. That's why they're moving a lot to make the guy turn. To take the back. That's a different rule, you know? If you think guys like Roger Gracie, myself, Shunji Ribeiro passing the guard, we want to pass the guard, chest with chest, put the guy flat on the mat. You still seeing guys like uh, Meow Brothers, Mendes Brothers, they, want, they, they will take the back. It's, it, it's just a different style of jiu-jitsu and of passing the guard, you know? Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me, and uh, and you know, and it would make sense too that some of the lightweight guys would be more movement based and try to take the back more as opposed to, you know, one of, so, some of the guys that you mentioned, yes. like yourself and Hodger. You Correct. Know. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the people that listen to the show are blue belts, and something I always ask uh, my guests is: so if you look back to when you were a blue belt. What do you wish you knew as a blue belt that you know now that you're like, uh, you would tell blue belt Leo Noguera, you should train this way, you should do this. What, what, what's the best advice you have I to blue wish, belts? I wish I could train smart and avoid a lot of injuries. Respect a little bit more my body, you know, because back then when I was a blue belt, I trained even harder than today, you know. I don't give enough rest to my body. And that's that's kind of bad. So training hard is really good, but you gotta respect your body and your limitations. Otherwise, in a long run, you you're gonna be hurt. You know. Mm-hmm. What do you think the consi- the key to being consistent but avoiding injuries is? Like, is it taking rest days? Is it like how often? How often are you training? So. What I advise people is like having at least eight hours of sleep, five meals a day, uh, between tra- trainings, rest at least five hours, you know. That's that's a good start point for, for the guys to have like a healthy career. Do you or does Alliance talk a lot about nutrition for fighting and for is that a kind of thing that, that Jacare emphasizes or is there like a program or is it just eat what makes you feel good eat, eat healthy? We don't program, but recently Horian uh, Gracie went at the school and he he taught a seminar of the Gracie diet. He gave like a very good advice, you know. Some people, they misunderstand the Gracie diet. They think Gracie diet is a vegan. You can't eat this. You can't eat that. You can eat everything. But it's the combination that makes the diet so great. Uh, it's the right combination. You can eat pretty much everything. The only thing that you cannot eat is pork. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you can eat. It's just the way that you're going to eat and the combinations. And it's paced the meals at least four hours and a half. That's the the big thing about diet, you know. That makes sense. I mean, especially as you get older, you have to pay more attention to, to your health and, like, keeping your body in shape. 
So I'm wondering, you've yeah. won, you've won basically the the biggest honors in jiu-jitsu that most of us would dream of winning. You've won the worlds multiple times. You've won the pans. I'm wondering, do you still have competition goals, or are your goals um, more teaching oriented now? Are you, do you have competition goals that you haven't gotten to achieve yet that you still want to achieve? Yes, yes, I have a goal of winning one more championship, world championship as a black belt, and won the ADCC, the world championship nogi. That's that's my goal for the future. What do you think the biggest difference is between gi and no gi competition? Because a lot of times the best guys are are good at both. But I'm, I'm curious, as you know, from your perspective, somebody who's competed at the top level, what's the, what's the big difference? The difference uh, competing no gi, you gotta train more uh, wrestling. The takedown, it's very important. No gi and the timing. Do I know? If I, I'm training with a competition for no gi, I'm just gonna train in no gi. You know, because the game changed and timing, you know. Mm-hmm. If I'm telling both are the same, it's not true. If you train for a no no gi tournament, you should train only with no gi. If you're training for a gi tournament, you should train with gi. So, but if you like, you're gonna compete both all year. What I recommend is you training both, like almost the same amount. Like training a little bit more with the gi. Like I train like five times per uh, week with the gi and three times with no gi. That makes perfect sense. You mentioned ADCC, which is the, one of the most prestigious no gi grappling honors in the world. The big difference between AB, ADCC and IBJJF uh, uh, in terms of rules is the leg locks. And I'm curious, you know, leg locks are really popular these days. Do you think the IBJJF should allow heel hooks? Is that. Because uh, ADCC does and IBJJF doesn't. I'm just wondering if you have a preference. Do you think the IBJJF should allow heel hooks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. IBJJF, the rule is, like, completely different. It's like, it's a, it's a new word. ADCC, it's a new word because ADCC, they don't allow guard pull after the, the points. Uh, and the, the, point, the system are different. You know, they get points for reversals. Uh, if you go for a leg lock or like a heel hook and the guy come on top, it's not points for the guy. So if you're training for the ADCC, you know, you got to have a different mindset, you know. It's a completely different world. And the other side, IBJJF is more technical because you got to have some limitations of positions, you know. you got to work more to make happen. You don't have like as much uh, like uh, ripping, leg locks. It's it's different. Do you prefer one over the other? Like, do you enjoy I- ADCC rules more than IBJJF rules, or are they equal to you? Equal. I I, I play by the music. You know, if I'm training for a tournament that's submission only, like fights, I, I'm not gonna really care about the points. If I'm training for the IBJJF. I'm going to train a little bit more strategy. And if I'm training for the ADCC, I'm going to train in my takedowns and my leg locks. You know? Each tournament, I train in a different way. You mentioned your competition goals, to win another world championship at the black belt level, to win ADCC. When are we gonna, when it, what is, what is your, the next competition that you're training for right now? When, when do you plan to compete again? Uh, my next competition is going to be the fight to win. Uh, you're gonna fight uh, fight to win. Yeah. Uh, it's a 
is a tournament with a submission only. And then uh, after that, they're going to compete the World Championship. Fight to Win is a very exciting tournament format. We've uh, had a couple of those in our area, and those are always really fun to watch. Do, do you know who your, uh, who your opponent is for the Fight to Win? Not yet, not yet. Uh, Daniel Sats, he's, he's going to decide that. I let you know. <laughs> Please do. We would love to put a link in the comments to the podcast so folks can get out and support because those cards are always uh, really enjoyable and, and fun to watch. I, I really like the Fight to Win rule set. Have you, have you competed for Fight to Win before? Yes, yes. I have one victory and one loss. It's kind of like was a split decision. So I have a winning against uh, Ricardo Demente. Uh, Novo Neon guy is a really tough guy. And uh, I have uh, the last match was like no points for nobody. was like basically a ref split decision was uh, against Team Springs. Mm. was no points. We fight standing for six minutes, seven. Then I pull guard. I try some sweeps and was like... Uh, a draw, no points for nobody, and no. By the end, uh, I went for a a sweep. He went for a toe hold, then I went for a strength echo lock. The ref that was like leading, commanding the match, he gave the match for me. But the two refs outside, they gave the match for him. Mm. So I guess I gotta train for the next time. You know, Mostly. be a little bit more aggressive. Most definitely. One other question I had. You mentioned you, you started training for self-defense reasons. Do you think that there's a difference between training for self-defense and training for competition, or can you do both? Yes, yes. You can do both. But the difference training for uh, self-defense, it's like you don't train for points. You know, I, I tell the guys, listen, you're not training IBJJF. You're not training ABCC. It's no points. It's the guy pass a guard. Uh, the guy sleep, it's no point in the street. You gotta know how to escape, how to survive, and how to tap the guy. But some students, they're really good uh, in training, do you know? They wanna train, the guy's gonna pass his guard, he's gonna score a lot of points, and he's gonna tap the guy. So some people, they don't deal really good with points, do you know? Do you think competition helps you with self-defense? Because I've always thought, you know, competition makes you tougher. It would stand to reason that a competitor would be pretty well positioned to defend themselves. Listen, uh, competition uh, and self-defense, they're different. They're different. Of course, the guy that competes, he's not going to get beat up for an average people, you know. But a self-defense, I think it's important you train your self-defense. Uh, because it's like some some stuff that having the self defense like punches and kicks, we don't have any sport jiu-jitsu. That's the reality. I believe the jiu-jitsu teacher he must teach everything, self defense and a competition jiu-jitsu. That makes, That's what I do over here. That makes perfect sense to me. And so you've always taught self defense. It sounds like. Yes, I always taught the self defense. Is there anything that you, what advice would you have for new instructors that either, that, that are maybe somebody just got their black belt or somebody that's just about to open a school? What, what do you wish that you had known? When, yeah. I, I advise the guys doing like a course, like we have the Alliance course. We plan to open this course for everybody. 
we have a system of how to teach classes, uh, self-defense, jiu-jitsu, and also we have uh, very good advices for the school manager and everything, you know. How many, it sounds like Alliance has a really good support system to train its teachers. Yes, yes. We we do support everybody. You know, we we recycle the, our instructors every every year. You know, we have we we are connected. You know, we're trying to make our team the really good team, really good team, supporting, always supporting. Mm-hmm. So you've been around the sport jiu-jitsu scene for a long time. Who are some of your favorite guys to watch when you're not competing yourself? The guys always make me excited to watch is a few guys. Uh, Lucas Lepre, he's like brilliant. Uh, Marcos Almeida, Bushesha, he's always like exciting match, going for a submission. Uh, Michael Lange with his guard, uh, Leandro Lowe. Uh, Felipe Pena, Th- those are my favorite guys to watch. You know, that's a great list. And Lucas Lepre is here in North Carolina now, so it's fun. We get to see him a lot. Yeah. So, is there anything I haven't asked about that you really wish I would have asked about, or anything you wish people would know about you that they don't know? No, no. You, you, you. We have like a good time. You ask pretty much everything. Well. Thank you so much for making the time to be on the show. I really wish you the best of luck at the Worlds this year and at Fight to Win, and uh, best of luck at getting that ADCC gold medal, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. And any time that uh, we, we, you have uh, like questions, we can, we can do it again. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir. Have a great rest of the day. I want to talk to you guys about Cageside Fight Company for a second. I've been buying from Cageside for more than six years, and about 99% of the gear that I use is from Cageside. That's not because other companies don't make good stuff. They do. It's just that Cageside offers the highest quality products at the best value and, no joke, the best customer service I've ever experienced in my life. So whether you're looking for shin pads, whether you're looking for tie gear, whether you're looking for Brazilian jiu-jitsu gis or Tudo shorts, whether you're looking for the coolest t-shirts around, check out Cageside.com or come into their fight shop at one. 24 Lotter Road, right in Durham, North Carolina. You won't be sorry. Another thing I want to mention about Cageside is they do more to support local fighters and local Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitors than just about anybody else, and so we've got to support the people that support us. Check out Cageside Fight Company, 124 Lotter Road in Durham, North Carolina, or online at cageside.com. So that was Leonardo Nogueira, and you heard him talk extensively about, uh, thought, and I thought pretty thoughtfully, about his own competition goals, about his teaching goals and his training goals. And you can see him compete next at the Fight to Win card uh, and also, at, again, at the IBJJF World Championship this summer. So as I mentioned, a friend of the show, avid local competitor and Dirty White Belt Jujitero of the Year Award winner, John Shell, w- uh, just got his black belt. And it was really fun to be a part of Joe Moreira's two days of seminars uh, at at his school in Fuquay Verena. And the, the first day wasn't precisely a seminar. It was the uh, Team Hubao Karaoke promotion ceremonies. A lot of guys got promoted. Congratulations to everybody who got their belts. I know Stafford Hamilton also got a black belt that day. Um, it was a really fun day to be a part of. And, you know, it was also really cool just to see the community show out. I think that... I expected a really healthy turnout for these, but there were probably 60 guys there, and that we really packed the mats. And so we're going to post a picture uh, on our on our Facebook page so you can check that out. So congratulations to John, and thanks to everybody who turned out to help uh, support him and to celebrate his black belt uh, with everybody uh, at Team Hubao Karaoke. 
So it was always a real pleasure to talk to a legend of jiu-jitsu, and Joe Morero was just as nice and just as good as everybody said he was. I don't know if you caught the part where uh, when I asked him about details on the stack pass, he said, you know, a young, strong guy like you, I turned 44 this year, so thanks for that. So that's the show for this week. I, I want to thank everybody that came on the show. I want to thank Leonardo Noguera. I want to thank Joe Morera. I want to thank John Shell. I want to congratulate John once again on his black belt, as well as everybody from Team Hubao Karaoke who got promoted. Um, our Patreon supporters, who you can join for just uh, for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash dirtywhitebelt. This month were uh, Betty Broadhurst, Carl Krebs, Cody Malte, and Chris Holmes. Thank you so much for your support of the show. We're going to continue to bring you the best interviews in jiu-jitsu in the Carolinas and beyond. And we're going to have some pretty exciting announcements that should happen this month. So do check that out. Do continue to listen. And uh, thanks so much for spending your Sunday with us. My name is Jeff Shaw. This is Dirty White Belt Radio. And we will see you all next week.